It is 20 to 12, and always a pleasure to chat to Chantal Elbury, a scenario planner at Mind of a Fox. And you know what? Today we're going to take a look at the growing trend in Africa, which is known as protectionism. Oh, actually, that's the wrong one. Oh, having one of those days. Hold on. Walid says to be keen they've changed it. We're going to talk about something else. So um, <laughs> it is the second last chat, and um, Chantal thought that it would be a good idea to take inspiration from the next my next chapter. Oh, okay. I just got this now, by the way. So, <laughs> so I can't really say no to this. And pay particular attention to entrepreneurship and innovation. Thank you for that, Chantal. <laughs> Uh, An extension of you know your more nature. <laughs> uh, no, absolutely. You know what? Eh? Um, I mean, it's, it's important. It's, it's it's really important to talk about entrepreneurship and and innovation. Um, you know, and I, I would imagine you know one of the questions that we should be asking here is you know what is the importance of entrepreneurship for the future of South Africa? A lot of people say everybody talks about entrepreneurship. It's not the silver bullet, but if we're going to create jobs. It's a part of the silver bullet, at least. Yes, yes. You know, it, it's not a silver bullet, and I do agree with that. It's hard. It's very oh, hard yeah. to be an entrepreneur. And everybody says, start your own business, be an entrepreneur. And even at school, <laughs> you know, be an entrepreneur. And we do Entrepreneurship Day. <laughs> and it's very difficult yeah. as, uh, you know, you, you know yourself and as you've been chatting with Monet and other people. Yeah. But um, there is an element of entrepreneurship that is important, as Mm. you say, in terms of addressing unemployment. Um, Because if if you look to the future um, and you look at traditional jobs where it was big industries, big jobs, public sector, that's normal. Um, Those jobs are not going to be found there. They're going to be found in smaller businesses. So therefore... You know, when we look at trying to create in South Africa, for example, 5 million jobs, we'd rather create 1 million um, enterprises that can create jobs. So it's, it's very important. But I also think entrepreneurship in mm. the South African context um, and Africa, you know, if you were talking to yep. protectionism, <laughs> yep. Yep. let's hope that trend doesn't play out. Because in Africa, in order to grow, you do need a culture of entrepreneurship and innovation to grow Mm. our economy. It's not going to grow from our traditional economic base. Listen, protectionism is needed, and if you're a chicken farmer, you'll know all about it, right? Um, With the world and Brazil and everybody dropping their pieces of chicken here at below cost, by the way, below production cost, uh, because it's basically offal from their point of view. It drops here, and we love the stuff, but our farmers can't keep up because their production costs are too high. So we have to be protectionist to a degree. Yes, but it's a balance, and, yeah. and therein lies innovation as well, um, because how do you innovate in a protectionist environment? What do you protect? How much do you balance it? And how mm. much do you shift to try and create efficiencies and bring your cost base down? Exactly. So, you know, innovation cuts across. It's not just a new idea. Innovation cuts across many Examples. And if we take um, I don't know, the likes of Uber, etc., you know, is it worthwhile protecting the meter taxis? My argument to that is no, actually. Um, I wouldn't be giving them all the protection in the world. If someone's got a better business model than you and everybody's flocking to their business, then maybe you need to have a bit of a rethink as to why it is you're going south. Um, Absolutely, yeah. You would be going south 
with or without Uber. Mm. Yeah, well, this <laughs> is this is the point. I mean, I, yeah. it was Uber. I never used. I used. I think my last taxi I used it when I was still in Joburg, called Rosie's Taxis. I'm sure you remember those. And yes. I, it was my last one because it was early in the morning. I had to do a show, uh, doing a breakfast show from there. And um, while I'm driving, I, I can hear the outside very clearly, and I can feel this breeze. And the car wasn't very sound. The door didn't close properly. Um, And I could even see a a bit of the road on the side. And I had to pay for this particular service. I'm not saying every meter cab is like that. But, you know, when someone else comes and says, listen, you can have a decent car. um, You'll be able to see where the car is, when it's going to get there. Um, you'll be able to do it and do all your payments digitally, then you go, okay, that's a much better value offering for me. I'm going to take that. Thank you very much. Mm. Um, but you, we were talking about entrepreneurship, um, and we were saying it's really hard. I love yes. TikTok, by the way, because it's such a deep platform. Uh, but they do have some really interesting stuff on it. So take a listen to this when it comes to success, and I think it can be linked to entrepreneurship as well. I don't think that uh, success is like a lot of people uh, believe it is. Everybody's always struggling. And what happens is, you know, you just struggle at a higher level. It's like learning how to ski or play some sport, and you're just kind of doing this higher thing. But it doesn't feel like that. It, it just feels like I'm struggling. And <laughs> sometimes <laughs> and you get to the point where, okay, you can get other people to struggle in your business, and you can sit back and do a little bit more strategic stuff. Um, yeah. But it's, it's not as glamorous as everybody makes it out to be, right? It's not. You know, it's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week job mm, mm, <laughs> because mm. you do struggle. And there are ups and there are downs, and then you just think you've got a break, and then something else happens. The next day there's a different decision made, and mm. you, you know, go down into the depths of despair. So you've got to have the right character um, and resilience to be an entrepreneur. It's which, not for everyone. Which takes me to my next question, really, which I'm sure dovetails with, with what you've just said, right? So what mm. for you is the most important skill for an entrepreneur to be successful? Yeah. So for me, it's not really, of course, you need passion and resilience and hardworking. But for me, the number one strate- uh, skill is strategic thinking. And I think Mornay alluded to that as well. Uh, you know, you need to think mm. a bit. And why do I say strategic thinking? Because if you think about entrepreneurship, it is about leveraging limited resources to create something out of nothing. Mm. So you have to seed capital and you've got to now create something huge out of that seed capital or that idea into something. And strategy is exactly the same. It's also about leveraging. Mm. So um, strategic thinking is a key skill for the entrepreneur in order to leverage. Absolutely. You're listening to Chantal Elbury. Um, she, of course, is a strategist at Mind of a Fox, and we are talking about the value of entrepreneurship and innovation. So we can call this the Entrepreneurship and Innovation Hour, and we can do so unashamedly because it is the future. It is. And no, no, I lie. Sorry, I do apologize. It is the present. <laughs> And it's needed in order to develop that future that we're looking for. So uh, Chantal Ilbury, of course, will come back. We'll have another discussion on this. Uh, we'll take this discussion forward. But I'm also looking for your calls, right, on 021-446-0567 and WhatsApp on 072-567-1567. The show's called Today, and I'm Kino coming. And we are chatting to Chantal Ilbury from Mind of a Fox. And by the way, if you 
are an organization and you looking into the future and you understand what those futures are, then um, she definitely is the best person to, to be speaking to. You should check them out online. Um, shameless punt, by the way. Um, Mind of a Fox. And then they also have Growing Foxes, which deals with young people, the future and entrepreneurship and critical thinking and all the rest of that, which is really cool as well. Um, now, what, what role can innovation play in strategic thinking for entrepreneurs, you know, as well as small and medium-sized businesses? I, I would argue um, the, the, the biggest ones too. If anybody needs it, it's probably them. Yes. Um, yes, we often think entrepreneurship equates to small business mm. or startups, and that, as you say, is incorrect. It's actually an entrepreneurial and culture within big business as well. How do you do things differently? So basically, you know, innovation itself is about thinking differently. Um, mm. That's when we start to innovate. You find an opportunity, you see a gap, um, and then you start to, to work, work on it. Mm. So I think um, one needs to, you know, I've heard a lot of big businesses saying, we're actually developing an innovation center or an innovation, we've got six people in our innovation hub, mm. and then they cascade innovation into the business. Mm. Now, that is one model to implement innovation in a big business, but in actual fact, it still sits in the silo. Yes. What one wants to do is develop a culture of innovation in every single employee so that they yeah. are thinking differently, so that they can be adaptable and agile, and they can try and put things mm. into play in a different way. Mm. And, and, you know, that takes time, and it takes a different type of training for takes, your employees. Wouldn't you say, I don't know, I'm, I'm biased, right, um, and, and proudly so. I love design thinking, but if I, if I look at how HP has done it, and um, yeah, I mean, was it IBM or HP? I think it was IBM, as a matter of fact. Um, I believe that design thinking is probably one of the best ways you can inculcate innovation into your organization because when you start the process, nobody's got the answer. Yeah. Everybody's on an equal footing. You listen to what the challenge is. You frame that particular challenge. You move into the next stage, which is what some consultants will do dis call discovery, but we don't do it at a superficial level. You go in and you actually immerse yourself and you take time to listen to people's stories. You interview them. You go into the position, the, the, the places where they interact and the touch points, um, you know, with your particular business. And then you come back and you do some reframing and you say, this is, this, this is what we think the actual challenge is based on what we now have learned. And then you move into ideation and, yes. and the rest of it, right? I, I really think if you can inculcate that into a business, yes. then yes. You, you're well underway. Because you're also cutting across these uh, silos within a business, where the CEO and the C-suite, they're not the and, and and the strategic team, they aren't the people who hold the purse strings to innovation in that business. Or well, they might hold the purse strings, but they don't hold, um, you know, they, they 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 can't be the custodians of the knowledge base when it comes to innovation. No, and often you'll find the executive team or the C-suite, depending on their age. Yeah. Um, really are looking towards the end of their careers, if I might be so blunt to say. Yes. And they're not really looking at innovating and changing the system in their time. So it often doesn't come from the top. It comes from within. Um, and I must say, I remember years ago working with F&B, and that's one thing they got right. 
um, is that they really brought a culture of innovation into the whole banking sector. So it didn't sit only in certain places. It really was you know, within the whole business. And that's why they know if, if one can be an innovative bank, um, mm. you know, they are known uh, for that. Mm. Um, but Michael used to take time, right? Was it a month out of his schedule as the CEO of one of the biggest banks in the country and used to go meticulously through everything and anybody could approach them with those ideas? Yes. Right. Yes. And I remember him saying that he took a significant amount of time out of his schedule to actually go through it and, and, and then the rewards for being creative were also substantial. Because yeah. I, what, I, what I don't like, especially big corporates, they offer you a TV if you're creative, like I don't know, if you, you might as well just kick me in the gonads, right? I mean, if I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an idea. It's gonna make you millions potentially, and you can offer me a TV set, Hanspiel. I mean, <laughs> so I know. shared value. You know, here's a story, and it's one that stayed with me for years and years. Um, many years ago, um, when I was still in Durban in KZN, mm. uh, somebody told me the story. There was a gentleman. He's a real innovator, Neville Trickett, and um, he went to Mr. Price. And he had a black, uh, a brown uh, paper bag and he had something in it. And he put it down with the executive team and he said, for 50000 I'll give you an idea for your business. But I'm not going to give it until you give, say, I'm going to give the 50000 then you can open the brown paper bag. Mm. And um, they, did, they took the leap of faith and said yes. And all he did was take out a red cap. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about Mr. Price around the red cap, strategy yes. and um, you know what where it, where they took it it was well worth the 50,000 that they paid for the idea but it was an amazing yes. moment and you've got to take that leap yes. of faith um, you know to say right I'm open enough to to go with it and there's another organization that the red cap strategy worked for kind of a little bit at least who do you think that might be um, sure no tell me the EFF Although they were wearing berets. <laughs> hey, innovative. They found a gap. Exactly. <laughs> they found a gap in society. <laughs> the problem is their, 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 their biggest reason for success was finally toppled. Um, now they're trying to form an, an, an allegiance and alliance with him. But anyway. <laughs> but they more the Sheikh Kavara. They, they're not the red cap. They're more the beret. The red beret. That's true. Okay? Absolutely yeah. true. <laughs> Chantal, yeah. always a pleasure chatting. Um, looking forward to our last chat next week, um, but Lovely. it won't be the last time we chat. So, so, uh, but, but great to have you on the show as always. Super, Kino. Thank you so much and look forward to next week. Same, yeah. Chantal Ilbury is Senior Strategist at Mind of a Fox.